Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, welcome back to another edition of the Penn State Blitz. Also the Penn State Blitz podcast on Bob Founders joined by Greg Pickle. Lot to get to on a late August Wednesday morning, late morning. Even though Penn State doesn't have the season in 2020, Greg, a lot to get to. Got to get to some recruiting news. Penn State lost out a very promising defensive back, also lost out on another talented player. We'll get to that. The early or the first Associated Press poll is out. Penn State and Ohio State were in it, even though they're not playing. We'll talk about that. We got some 2021 NFL draft news to get to. A very prominent draft evaluator, excuse me, has a very high opinion on a number of Penn State players that would have played in 2020. One kind of a huge surprise. We're going to get to that. And we're going to close, Greg, with the Penn State mailbag. So how are you? And uh, since you're the guy that knows all about Penn State recruiting, you know, Penn State, Greg, has always had kind of a pipeline, a JUCO pipeline to Lackawanna. County or Lackawanna Community College. They've gotten some good players there of late, including Jaquan Brisker. They had their sights set on another talented defensive back. But I guess I would say in a bit of a surprise, Dejon Warren picked an SEC school. Yeah, he goes to Georgia. He commits on Monday. I think it caught a lot of people off guard. He told 247 Sports Bob that he's actually been a silent commit to the Bulldogs for weeks and for whatever reason just now decided to go public with that decision. We've seen Too many times in the James Franklin era, Bob, where Penn State was in the catbird seat and it was a matter of when a guy was going to commit to Penn State, not if he was going to commit to Penn State. And then all of a sudden, poof, the guy goes somewhere else. And it tends to be to an SEC team for whatever reason. But it's obviously, I'm sure they're bummed about it. They have pretty good depth at the corner position. They have uh, two kids already committed in this class to play corner. So it's not necessarily the end of the world. But at the same time, You don't like to lose kids that are playing ball in Pennsylvania, even though he's not a high schooler in Pennsylvania, but he's Mm -hmm. number one or number two corner, depending on where you look in the junior college ranking kind of guy you want. And to lose him to Georgia, who kind of just snuck in here and made this happen. I mean, he did tell rivals at one point that he cried when he got a Georgia offer. So I guess you can understand that they obviously hold a special place in his heart. But I'm sure Penn State's bummed, especially on the heels of losing a defensive lineman. Four-star defensive tackle Kelvin Gilliam to Oklahoma. He picked Oklahoma over the weekend. Longtime Sooners lean. They actually closed the deal, and uh, it leaves Penn State in a spot where they got to kind of wait to pick up the pieces a little bit. I don't know if they move on to any other corners. I would guess probably not. But Bob, they got big holes along that defensive line, really hurting them. That John Scott Jr. can't get some of these kids on campus, not only for a visit, but just to sit down and talk football with him. Yeah, just to back up to the Warren decision, I got to ask, I think a lot of Penn State fans will probably ask this, Greg. You talked about how much, how happy he was when he got the Georgia offer, but in your mind, is there any chance the Big Ten's postponement in 2020 
still not really sure about 2021, Greg. They're talking about a winter season or a spring season, not set in stone. Is there any chance, Greg, that maybe the Big Ten's decision to postpone in 2020 impacted, you think, Warren's decision to go to the SEC, which is playing as we talk as we talk now? Yeah, I guess the question would be whether or not you buy into the few weeks of being a silent verbal, because if so, then I don't think the Big Ten's decision had any impact. But I also kind of wonder, there's always going to be a part of you that wonders if that wasn't the final nail in the coffin. Right. There has to be some reason, Bob, that he waited to make this announcement official. And we'll never know exactly what those reasons are or were, but you know, you do have to wonder if that just wasn't a final nail in the coffin. Maybe Georgia had really snuck way up top. And then once the Big Ten put some uncertainty into the mm-hmm. when Penn State would play again, it just makes you wonder if that was maybe the final nail in the coffin. So, you know, obviously it's going to be a challenge on that front from a recruiting perspective. And we'll see how it all plays out. I don't expect guys to be able to take visits again in this calendar year. It's just hard to see the NCAA changing its stance on that. So we'll mm-hmm. see. And before I let you go on recruiting, I always like to ask you, even when you're not expecting it, what is the latest with Nolan Rucci? Do you have any information as far as maybe timetable? I know that every time we talk, it's Wisconsin and Penn State 1 and 1A, depending on who you talk to. Where would you say Nolan Rucci is in terms of picking a school? Yeah, it's a great question, Bob. I mean, I think at this point, the question him and his family have to answer is, do they still want to wait until December to make a decision? Or do they just want to get it out of the way now? You know, right now, Warwick High School, where he plays, it looks like they and the Lancaster Lebanon League are going to have some sort of a fall season. And so does he want to get that call out of the way before his senior season starts and before he starts his senior school year? You know, a lot of guys like to do that. That's the question we're going to have to see if it's answered over the next couple of days. The good news is we're not too terribly far, less than a month now from when Warwick could open up its season, and we're a little bit, we're even closer to the start of the school year. So I, I expect if we don't hear anything by the end of September or over the next couple of weeks, this one will probably just go the distance. Let's, uh, let's move on to the Associated Press poll that was nice to see where they kind of viewed Penn State, but... In the grand scheme of things, Greg, with them not playing, it's just one of those things that I think Penn State fans are going to be scratching their head over for a long time. Everyone kind of figured that Penn State might, was a top 10 team going into 2020. And the first, I believe, AP poll came out. I believe they, I thought they might even go in the top five. I believe they checked in at number seven. And it's also clear, Greg, that the pollsters also had a very, very high opinion of Ohio State. Your initial reaction to them, including the Big Ten, in the initial poll, is are they holding out hope that the Big Ten's still going to play, or they just want to give everyone their thoughts on maybe how good the top end uh, the Big Ten schools might have been in 2020? Yeah, I think it's the latter. I just I know Matt Hayes from uh, whatever site Saturday Down South I think he works for now wrote that he's of the opinion that the college football playoff and the high right. trophy setting dates for their, you know, selections and all that is trying to force the big 10 and the PAC 12 back into playing. As we record this big 10 parents are sending yet another letter to yeah. commissioner Kevin Warren and the presidents and chancellors in the conference, seeking an answer and seeking some insight. I just don't know how they can go back and change your mind at this point. I think they're too far gone. They've made the right. call. It is what it is. It disappoints a lot of people. 
There's obviously conflicting medical advice across college football and across the country for that. Definitely. And beyond all of that, Bob, I just don't see how you can go back now and say, ah, yeah, let's bring all these guys back and let them have them play, especially as we see colleges across the country return to campus and the coronavirus confirmed case counts are spiking at places like Alabama and NC State. To me, the Big Ten and Pac-12 were possibly always going to be the ones that made the call at the right time and didn't keep ripped the Band-Aid off and we're done with it. Mm-hmm. We'll see if anybody actually gets the football. But as it relates to the AP Top 25, I think it's a gut punch more than anything else because that was just a true indication of how good this team could have been on both sides of the ball. And, you know, Micah Parsons and Pat Fryermuth make the AP All-American team. It's been probably quite some time since two guys made that preseason mm-hmm. team. Lions in the same year. Obviously, there's a lot of disappointment, and this was just yet another layer of it. Okay, we are at the magical halfway point of the Penn State Blitz and the Penn State Blitz podcast. I'm Bob Flounders. He's Greg Pickle. And Greg, it's the halfway point, so you got to reach out to our viewers, our listeners, our loyal followers. If loyal is the right word, I don't know. In terms of letting us know how we're doing, what we can do better, what we can talk about, how to subscribe. Why don't you do a little bit of uh, yard work for us right now, and then we'll continue on with the Blitz. Yeah, it is the Penn Life Penn State Blitz podcast. You can find it weekly every Thursday uh, wherever you get your audio, be it Apple, Google, Spotify, or somewhere else. Keep in mind, too, that if you want to like, rate, or subscribe, you certainly can do that at any point in time. And if you do, you'll get the podcast a little bit early. You'll get it Wednesday evening, so mm-hmm. don't forget to do that. If you're watching the video version of the Blitz, it's youtube.com slash State. And if you want to subscribe, join our Penn Live Penn State Football Insider program where you get all of our subscriber exclusive. Bob, just head over to PennLive.com slash Penn State Football. Hit that subscriber exclusive key that you see over top of some of the stories, and it'll prompt you to sign up that way. So like we said last week, Bob, even though there won't be a Penn State season in 2020, we'll still have plenty of content from recruiting to NFL Mm -hmm. and everything else to get fans their Penn State football fix throughout the fall. Okay, so halfway home, we're going to continue on now with the Penn State Blitz, also the Penn State Blitz podcast. I'm Bob Saunders talking with Greg Pickle as always. Greg, you mentioned Micah Parsons and Pat Fryermuth being voted preseason first team All Americans, deservedly so. A lot of people think if these guys are healthy, Micah now is no longer, uh, he, he had opted out even before the Big Ten postponed. All indications were Pat was planning on playing in the fall. Still not clear, Greg. If there's going to be winter or spring football, what Pat will do, he is a third-year junior. And a lot of people, a lot of NFL types are already eyeing him as a potential first-round talent in the 2021 draft. Micah is a lock. I think he's a top-five player talent-wise. Dane Brugler of The Athletic, who does a great job of evaluating college talent, he always has mock drafts. He's always very well-informed, a great follow on Twitter or with The Athletic. He had a he had a 2021 first round mock draft. Actually, I think he had a top 50. It might even be yep. beyond. And Greg, I mean, we were just talking about a gut punch for Penn State being a top 10 team this year if they would have played. 
Well, Dane Brugler is a big fan of a lot of Penn State players. Like he had four, I believe, in the top 30. I'll tell you what, I'll give you the two that are not surprised are, are Mike, obviously, and Pat Frymuth. He had two other players going in the first round, and he had one of them going, I think, ranked ahead of Fryermuth. This really surprised me, but I guess thinking about it, you can you can kind of release the information if you really think about it. It just says a lot about the physical talents of one Penn State player because we really haven't seen a lot of them yet. Yeah, so I think the one you're talking about is Journey Brown. And if not, you're going to have to handle the other one because that's just the way this is going to go. But yeah, Journey <laughs> Brown, the running back, obviously he was listed on there, Bob, and it was really impressive to see him. And I think that one thing we've heard a lot about is just the fact that this guy really impressed a lot of people last year not just in the Cotton Bowl, but certainly in the Cotton Bowl, brought him on to a national stage of sorts. And clearly, there's just so many people who think he has immense talent. And when you saw him pop up on that list, it made you think, hmm, Pat going to opt out of a spring season? We'll get to that in the mailbag, so I'm not asking you yet. But is anyone going to opt out of a spring season? And seeing Journey listed on there was certainly eye-opening, and so is Jason Awe. I mean, mm-hmm. he's a guy who, again, hasn't really played starter snaps yet, but I believe he's now a, at least a one-time, if not a two-time member of Bruce Feldman's Freaks list. Um, yes, correct. I, I mean, the guy is just such an immense talent. I have a very difficult time seeing him leaving school early, but you can't dispute what his ceiling is, both at Penn State still and at the next level as well. Yeah, actually, I was referring to him only because, Greg, he has, I think, I believe Dane had him ranked higher on his list than Fryermuth. And to talk about a player that really has just been, he was really their their third defensive end last year behind Etor, Gross, Matos, and Shaka Tony. Shaka Tony is back. Jason Awe had five, I believe, five sacks in a very limited role. I think he had a little bit of a, a medical issue that got cleaned up in the winter. I think He's going to be he's going to be full full go in the fall, but I mean a guy that's 260 pounds that can, according to Penn State, runs up four four at defensive end. Did not play a lot, I think, of football on the high school level. Was more of a basketball player. But Etor Gross Matos has has been raving about Jason Awe not only not only to you know beat writers and he talked to me about him, but when he was at the scouting combine, he's like. I'm not even the freakiest freak in the Penn State defensive end room. He's talking about Jason, who's never really played a lot of meaningful snaps. But for Dane Brugler, excuse me, to put him that high just tells you how much of an impact he might have had up for Penn State in the fall. I'm with you. It's really hard to go in the first round of of a draft or declare for the draft when you really haven't played a college football season. I just think that he was ranking him based on, you know, his winter conditioning and his weight room work. And it has been phenomenal, Greg, but he's almost, he almost would have to, I think, come back. It would take, I think, a a really extreme circumstance for him to leave without really, there's no tape on the guy. I just think that, I just think that would really hurt his stock. And I think he would really have, he would really only need one year probably of impact defense to make a big splash. But I just thought that that was really interesting that Dane Brugler thought, thought that highly of him. As far as Journey Brown, you know, that Minnesota game really opened my eyes, even though they lost that game. The second half of the Ohio State game, when he made some really nice runs, a really nice touchdown run, and then the Memphis game was the cherry on the top. 
He has him as his highest rated back over the Clemson running back. Is it Travis Etienne? The Chuba Hubbard of Oklahoma State, both big time talents. I just, the, the thing that I can't get past, Greg, is we always talk about, you know, Journey Brown might have a fight to hold on to his job at Penn State because they like Noah Kane and Devin Ford so much. But maybe we were, maybe we were overestimating maybe the push that Noah and uh, Devin were going to make. We'll see what happens when we talk about opt outs and whether it's going to be winter or spring for some of these players. But again, Talented Penn State team that's just not going to get to show it in the fall. I've been talking for far too long. We need to get to the Penn State mailbag. It's your specialty as we close this down, the Penn State Blitz and the Penn State Blitz podcast. I know I have one question for you, but I'm going to wait and see what you have for me. Okay, we already have one Penn State opt-out. This question is going to include that. Over under three and a half total opt-outs. That includes Micah, so if you're taking over, you need to Oh, it's going to sail over. I, okay. I would set it. I would. I, I mean, I won't mention him by name, but I'm just going to do it. In my, I'm going to do the math in my head. You're including Micah. I'd say it's a one, two, three, four, five, six. I would put it at five and a half or six. Easy. All righty. Well, you are saying cigar over then. Good. Cigar over. It's a cigar over, I think. If they, if they don't play. If they if they if their next season runs kind of concurrently with the senior bowl or the scouting combine or approaches the draft actual date, I think you're going to see at least five or six of these guys think long and hard about leaving. All right. Last one I got for you. When you look at the things that are going on, we still got parent letters and everything else. Is there a greater than 0% chance that the Big Ten changes course, or is this a lock, drop, final decision? You know where I stand. Where do you stand? I don't see how they change their minds. I mean, and if they do, that would make their their original process all the dumber. So, yeah. I mean, if you're gonna if you're going to go out on a limb, not tell anyone what you're doing, keep your ADs and coaches out of the loop and essentially make the decision on your own, and then pull a 180. I mean, I mean, the lack of leadership from start to finish, I think it would even make the decision look far worse. I understand what the parents are trying to do, but I just don't see they've been stubborn and they've stuck to their guns throughout. They haven't really explained a lot. I I don't see it changing, Greg. I, I know what the parents that are sticking up for their kids, as is James Franklin and all the other coaches, but the hay's in the barn, I think, with regard to the Big Ten season, I, I don't see how they would ever change their mind. And I think I hate to say it, but I, as much as I'd like to see Penn State football with healthy players, I think it would just be a worse look for the Big Ten leadership group. They already have a lot of explaining to do. They wouldn't even explain their decision to return to football if they did. Right. So I don't know. I, I, I just think that it's, it's just wishful thinking. Greg, before we, we wrap this up, I'm not going to let you go. The Kentucky Derby is a week from Saturday. It's a gambling. It could be a very good gambling opportunity. Uh, there's going to be at least one heavy favorite in the race. As we sit here for the for the Penn State fans and the, and the viewers and the listeners are trying to make a little cash because they can't bet on Penn State football legally in the fall. As we sit here right now, Greg, do you see any kind of betting opportunity with regard to Tis the law if he's healthy and he gets he gets to the gate, he's gonna be a heavy favorite. 
How do you look at it? I know you're not afraid to bet chalk, but will you be looking to try and make some money uh, elsewhere? Or are you gonna are you gonna are you gonna loop him in with a couple of bombs to try and hit a, an exacto? No, I think that's the plan at this point. I think it's him on top and some bombs underneath, and just hope you can maybe string together some prices horizontally in the pick four and pick five. And I think that's the way this is going to have to go. He is going to be tough to beat. He's still got a, he's got two things going against him. We'll talk more about it next week on this Penn State Blitz. We'll talk more horse racing. Got to fill it somehow, Bob. But the draw will be important depending on where he is. And he's got, and a 20 horse field. If he doesn't, if he doesn't break cleanly, I've seen some very good horses basically get left at the start. You can't recover from it in a race like this. Uh, but we'll see. You're on him right now. I'm a little on the fence. I'm probably going to try and beat him only because if he wins, it's going to take a lot for you to get money. I think he's going to go off at six to five. All right. We will talk more about it next week. <laughs> <laughs>